Let's talk about stories. We all love stories. Stories make us laugh, they make us cry, they can challenge and inspire us. But most of all, stories are one of the best ways to learn. The stories we will share are true stories of God's rescue and redemption shared by the people who have lived them. People just like you and me, grateful and undeserving characters in God's big story. Welcome to Life Stories. Welcome back to another Life Story. I'm your host, Ryan Burke, and I'm so excited. Today in studio with me, I have my friend, Angela Prito Rodriguez, who has graciously agreed to share her story with us. Angie, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ryan. Super excited to be here. So my story begins in San Cristobal, Dominican Republic, where I was born in 1991. After growing up there, my parents decided that they wanted to venture off to the United States. The original hope was to come here temporarily, but due to things outside of our control, we ended up moving as an entire family to the United States. In the first years that we lived here, we were in New York, living with family, and it kind of felt like a little piece of the DR here in the United States. But as time progressed, my parents identified that life in New York wasn't what they thought it was going to be. So, after getting a job offer, they decided to take an Amtrak train to the middle of nowhere to Fairfield, Ohio. In the midst of our first years in Fairfield, Ohio, our parents were really trying to figure out how to create a sense of belonging in a brand new place with a combination of cornfields, the English language, and a whole bunch of strangers also trying to navigate the immigrant experience in the United States. In the midst of all that, my parents come from a really strong Catholic background, with my dad having several aunts that are nuns. So it was really super important for them that we always went to church. So as long as I could remember, we were really devout Catholics. But then in middle school, our world got flipped upside down when our house caught on fire. My little brother and I were driven to our burning house by our principal who received the call about what had happened to our home. The Red Cross came and gave um, my parents also there with me by then a lot of information about what to do and how to um, seek refuge and support during this time. They also reached out to the Catholic Church we had been a part of for a super long time. While they were fixing our home, we lived in a temporary housing situation for a few months. During that time, our Catholic church home was informed of what had happened, but no one came. And though we had been there for a super long time, we found ourselves at a weird crossroads trying to identify what it meant to be Catholic in the midst of a hard time without any support from our Catholic church family. During that time, my family began to be pursued by a Christian pastor who was also Dominican from a nearby town. And after coming and visiting us once a week, getting to know us and praying for us, our family began to also attend a Christian church for the very first time. During that time, my dad was asked to do programming for youth and began a basketball league for young men in the neighborhood. Because he understood the impact that churches had on one's development, he insisted that if young men were going to be part of the church's basketball team, they also had to go to church. And if he was the coach asking his kids to go, then we as a family also had to go. By God's grace, slowly but surely, every single one of us in our family became a Christian. First my mom, then my little brother, then I, and years after, my dad. It was really cool to be able to be in a church where we were not only cared for during a time of need, but one where there were also kids my age that were learning and exploring their faith too, while also being able to learn more about the God of the Bible, a God that in my Catholic upbringing seemed really far away, a God that seemed judgmental, but only forgave if we did a series of sacraments or goody-two-shoes seeming things 
place to clean it all up. So for me, it was really refreshing to learn about a God of grace, a God that promised to never leave nor forsake, and a God who was willing to enter really hard things without the fear of whatever bad could happen. In the midst of what seemed to be a really sweet season, um, my mom began having health complications. Within those health complications, her lupus caused her to have strokes and blood clots that caused her to be hospitalized for days and days at a time. At that time, I was a freshman in high school, and because my parents didn't speak much English, I was the in-home translator, which meant that I had to miss tons of school to go to doctor's appointments, emergency room visits, and just to talk to doctors about whatever was going on with my mom. Those months were really scary as I wondered if this would be the doctor visit her mom wouldn't come home from. Or if I chose to go to school instead of going to the hospital, if I would miss out on being with my mom in the last few minutes of her life. During that time, um, my little brother and I had to grow up really quickly because we were being asked not only to train for my mom and to step up at home, but every single time, a relative called from Dominican Republic, we were asked to lie. Asked to say my mom was at the grocery store or at work or out with a friend, but in actuality, she was hospitalized. Keeping in all of these really challenging experiences and fears to loved ones was really scary, really sad, and super isolating. And even though by that time I had a novice relationship with the Lord, I didn't know what it meant to go to Him in the midst of these really trying times. I also didn't know that what I was being asked to do was to lie and that it was hurtful to him and to the call that he had for me as his daughter. During that time, um, I experienced a lot of emotional hardship that I didn't feel safe talking to my mom about because she was sick, had her own things going on, and was also requiring a lot of me. I also didn't feel safe going to my dad because he was working really hard to supply for what was now a one income household. And I also didn't feel safe talking to my little brother because at the end of the day, he was two years older than me, younger than me, and a boy. What was he going to understand about the things that my high school teenage girl heart were navigating? From that moment forward, I really struggled to be able to effectively communicate my emotions and my feelings to those around me and really learned how to bottle things up, how to put on a facade, how to play strong, even when I was really crumbling inside. These patterns continued until I went on to college. But in college, away from home, not having to be the translator, the older sister, or the strong one for my family, I found myself with the freedom to finally break down, cry, and begin to really let God into a lot of the hurt that I had been experiencing. Unfortunately, in my emotional immaturity, drawing near to God, learning more about His Word, also meant pushing away my family and refusing to talk to them. So much so that I spent almost the entire first quarter of college without speaking to my family. In hindsight, I think I did that because for the first time ever, I was able to freely be me without the worry of having to do or be someone else for someone else. As I transitioned into the remainder of my college years and then um, graduated from college, the Lord was gracious enough to allow my father to come to the Lord. But the same emotional immaturity in my parents continued and they were still not a safe place for me to process my thoughts, my emotions, my fears, my hopes, my dreams, my insecurities, or even the creative ways in which I had grown. So when I moved to Indy as a 21-year-old, I had all the money I needed just for a down payment in my apartment. But when that down payment only confirmed an apartment 
four weeks away from when I needed them, I found myself hopping from one person's couch to another while navigating my very first year out of college, while navigating my very first year as a teacher, and also while not having a car or family in a brand new city. During that time, I fell in love with my job and really enjoyed being with kids, but again, found myself in this emotional spiral of not really knowing how to communicate my emotional needs, fears, and insecurities to get the support that I needed. So I ended up losing hair. I ended up making really poor financial decisions and found myself in a weird rut where I knew the God of the Bible, but again, didn't quite know how to let him in to all of the things that I was processing. Somewhere along the journey, God, by his grace, allowed me to cross paths with people in the church that I had recently joined who were not fooled by the young professional put-together facade I had put on. They began to ask me questions about when I had eaten last, uh, the times that I had gone to sleep, (laughs) when and how I was taking care of myself. And it became the first time in a long time where I felt emotionally seen and cared for. Complete strangers who didn't know me, or had no reason to care for me, were put along my path by the Lord to allow me to enter into a space of emotional vulnerability and freedom, and ultimately to begin to experience his emotional healing. As time progressed, the newness of these people and their care uh, created an emotional dependence in me for them, where people that the Lord had blessed me with to serve as community and a source of support quickly became idols in my life. And just like I had done in college, I wanted again separated myself from my family, choosing to solely focus upon the people whom allowed me to feel seen, heard, and loved. God in his kindness allowed those people to be part of my life in a really pivotal season, but also by his grace, took them away from me. (laughs) Um, Our church experienced a lot of hardships that quickly uh, showed me that the Lord was calling me to leave and the transition to a healthier church that was more fitting to the things the Lord was leading me into in a new season. And while I was really certain that the Lord was leading me to take a new step, it was really hard to detach myself emotionally from people that had become mother figures, father figures, sisters and caregivers that I had never had before. It was really difficult to leave a space and a community that reflected who I thought I was, uh, not only emotionally, mentally, but also culturally. But in doing so, the Lord led me um, to come to College Park Church. And while it's really different from a lot of places that I've come from, it's truly taught me that the Lord, above all else, is the God who sees me, the God who cares for me, and is the one who allows people to be in my path to support, love, and encourage, but also invites me in the seasons where there aren't as many folks around me so that I learn to lean on the truth of his word and the comfort and power of his Holy Spirit. Angie, thanks so much for sharing your story with us. I've known you for a while now, and I just learned things that I never knew before. I love to especially hear, it seems how God has revealed to you that he's active in your life, Mm -hmm. that he's there, that he's not abandoned Mm -hmm. you. And some of the things that happened while challenging didn't mean his presence had left. Mm -hmm. That's such an encouragement for me sitting here hearing it, and also an encouragement for our listeners. Angie, if somebody is driving around right now or, or listening to this while they're on the treadmill or something like that, What's maybe one thing that you would encourage them in right here today? 
Man, if they listened to the show, I would invite them to think about Hagar, who in the midst of being put in a really awesome position of, of what felt like dignity and respect, was then thrown on her own into the desert. But in the desert, she was able to exclaim, Surely the God who sees has seen me. So whatever you're going through, whatever you're experiencing, know that God is the God who sees. And he not only sees your situation, but he promises to be the Lord Emmanuel and to walk with you. You're not alone. God who sees, sees me. So encouraging. Angie, thanks again for being on the show to our regular listeners. Uh, keep listening. We got a bunch more life stories this season on season three of the Soul Care Matters podcast, and we will see you next time. Life Stories is presented by the Soul Care Matters podcast, hosted by Ryan Berg. Connect with us at CPC Soul Care Matters on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more life stories.